0: Thank you. What's up movie lovers? Welcome to episode number 22 of Ready Play Movies, your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of entertainment. Every Tuesday at 6am Pacific or 9am Eastern, we discuss the top news of the week, notable releases, what we're watching, big topics of the industry, and the movies we love. If you want to write anything to be read on the show, send us an email to readyplaymovies at gmail.com or hit us up at readyplaymovies on Twitter. No matter where you found us, please subscribe to the feed so you can get every new show directly to your device as soon as it posts. And if you like it, please leave us an nice review this is june 8th 2021 and i am your host Luis manchaka and i'm joined today by my co-host mr troy bracy
1: yes we are here for another week of great movie news yeah let's talk about it
0: yeah we got a bit of a light show today uh no no topic of the show just like last week but it's we're probably gonna still go over time because there's a lot of news to talk about uh but in the meantime i'm gonna go ahead and just hit you guys up with some good news from the housekeeping uh division we're back on iTunes, all our hey, shows are, are now showing up on the feed. So, man,
1: we up and coming, they were messing with our views, man. <laughs> we need every time we can get, yeah. So,
0: uh, if you guys, uh, for those that did like, uh, we have a viewer that or listener that like he changed platforms for us, now you can change right back to, where hey, you... hell yeah. So, there it is. Uh, that's some good news. Uh, thank you very much, and uh, we'll go ahead and move on to some impressions here because. We got some big movies to talk about here, but before we move on to the movies, Troy, did you watch The Bad Batch? No, I
1: have not. I man, haven't. Man, yeah. You,
0: yeah. man you, yeah. you, you awesome right now, man. Yeah, man.
1: Like I have not watched it, so I, I need to catch up to it, because uh, I was so busy trying to watch. I wanted to get three movies out the way this weekend. I got two of them, and so I was so busy trying to catch up on my movies that I ain't even get a chance to watch The Bad Batch, man.
0: Okay. Well, you know what happened? Uh so, I'm, a, I'm not going to give you any spoilers and stuff like that, but I'm going to tell you this right now. The Bad Batch, they're no longer on that bullshit where they're like, oh, it's a good, and, oh, it's a bad, oh, they it's a good. Yeah. They legit. We had two good episodes in a row that were
1: Ooh, real good. And hell
0: yeah. one of the things that I was saying is like the, the good episodes, they had crosshair in it. Like yeah. these two episodes did not feature crosshair at all and they were still and they good were still good Woo! yeah and on top of that character development for, character development for omega and also uh there's like a they're setting up a, a lot of uh plot threads like dangling plot threads in these two episodes mm-hmm. that are going to sort of play out like the story is now in full swing and it's in its groove and stuff like that yeah and uh one of the things that they did is they did like a like a little subplot that started on like uh, on last week's episode, it started mm-hmm. with uh, with a uh, wrecker, mm-hmm. and now it's sort of uh, you know playing out in this last episode. Oh, that's and they're dope. gonna, and now you always you get to like wonder like where it's gonna go because they planted oh, yeah. a seed, and you know what's gonna happen, or you just kind of like fingers crossed. It, it's yeah, that's, that's dope. That's dope. So, yeah, I
1: can't wait to get to it, man. There's some intrigue,
0: real. and it's good. Uh, it feels very much like Star Wars. Like I said, I said, hey, this show feels like Star Wars. Um, yeah, um, there's a. Uh, it's interesting how they they're like they're going on these adventures and stuff like that, and then they're trusting people and stuff. And mm-hmm. it's like it's crazy that some people you can trust and others you can't trust. You know, so. that's what's
1: good about it, man. They they mixing it up. They it's not predictable. So that's what I like about the show so far.
0: Yeah. All right. So uh, check out the Bad Batch, and we'll continue to update you guys. Uh, I don't want to give you guys any like uh, I guess since Detroit and let's watch it, but I don't want to give any like any plot details. But I can just say that. Uh, the characters are growing on me, and they are um, they are doing a good job of telling a story in 20 minutes, by the way. So that being said, we'll go ahead and talk about the things that we both did collectively watch. We'll go ahead in chronological order uh, with The Quiet Place Part 2. Uh, it came out in theaters uh, last weekend, and we didn't watch it, or the weekend before last. And we finally got around to watching it between last episode and this episode. And Troy, let me tell you something right now. Yep. Masterpiece
1: yeah yeah i mean that that's something that i wouldn't argue with for sure great movie truly special masterfully directed yes um very suspenseful uh just i mean all around the board great acting great character i mean you and it surprised me because usually i'm not really excited about sequels Mm -hmm. because you know i feel like usually the sequels are just made for money and you see the dip in quality and I'm sure, yeah, of course, this movie was made for money, but do you didn't see no dip in quality. I mean, I argue, I can make the argument that this is actually better than the first one. And the first one was great. So, yeah, they, they lived up to the first one for sure.
0: Do you feel like it's a sequel or a continuation of the uh, last movie? Like, do you feel like you can watch these two movies, like part one and part two, back to back as one long movie?
1: yeah I mean it's basically one movie I mean it pretty much picks up right where the other one left off you know what I'm saying so like to me it is it, it's, it's crazy how perfectly it works like that like I understand why it's called part two it's not like two is part two because it, it literally flows perfectly into the second one so and then yeah on, it's basically one big movie
0: and then on top of that like it feels like the way they left the the, the current movie like with part two the way it ended it almost kind of seems like they're going to do it again where part three is going to pick up immediately where immediately yeah, yeah cliffhanger yeah. and stuff like that yeah.
1: that yeah they did a phenomenal job with that movie man they they knocked it right out the park for sure and I, i'm curious to see what uh the director John Krasinski. uh yeah i, I want to see more i mean for him to be a master like this with just two movies and these aren't even tight ty- the movie. like first of all i never even think he would be a director he, True. you know what i mean and then for him to direct and then masterfully make two great movies now i'm excited for him as a new upcoming director yeah yeah he's like the new ben affleck yeah yeah he's <laughs> put he's on the map man i want to see him act and star in his own shit like it's gonna be great
0: yeah so it's uh it's it's really interesting like the world really got uh it really got bigger because like in the first movie they're just in a farm and now they're actually like traveling and seeing other people and mm-hmm. um you know it kind of feels like the last of us where it's like you can't just trust people you know what i mean mm-hmm. so um i i will say that there is um it's interesting like how like the movie you know puts Emily Blunt's name as like the, the lead actress, mm-hmm. but it really she really doesn't feel like she got sidelined in her own starring vehicle, you know what I mean because mm-hmm. it really is about the daughter in the mm-hmm. movie and I would say she had like the, the A plot and then uh, Emily Blunt had the B plot mm-hmm. and uh, it almost kind of does feel like her character's storyline did, didn't feel as impactful. Uh, not, not to say that it wasn't a good move or good good uh, arc or good mm-hmm. uh, subplot uh but it just kind of feels like the like the the main we know where the main plot is but i will say about editing it was uh they were they were editing tension together in uh, in harmony with each other so mm-hmm. i thought that was pretty cool yeah um, and really good um I, I will say there's only one other thing that i uh, i wanted to just say is like i kind of wish that they did more with uh, uh millicent simmons's character as far as her perspective because there was a lot of uh, uh scenes where you can you're seeing the movie from her perspective and then the audio just cuts out mm. because she's deaf right mm. but like they didn't do enough of it i wanted more of that of seeing things from her perspective but mm. you know it is a movie so i guess you got that's understandable yeah for sure um but yeah you have uh you have a video on youtube coming up uh, later this week uh, yeah. it'll be dropping out pretty soon i'm hoping
1: absolutely yeah uh
0: make sure to shout out the podcast <laughs> yeah for sure i mean though you, that's I
1: already recorded it, so I <laughs> i'm gonna have to figure out maybe put it in the nah, the, the description or something yeah. like that yeah
0: um but yeah um there was something else i wanted to say about the movie but i can't really remember what it was but mm, i i will say um as far as like score goes and stuff like that i'm again i guess i'll just say I, i'll say it's i don't want to give a score a number score but i'll ask you this and because i haven't actually decided this yet either right now when i'm thinking about it but do you think it's better equal to or worse than the first one
1: I think, um, see, the reason why it's so tough for me, I think it's equal to. I would say it's better. The only thing that makes it not better i'm not and it's not worse but the only thing that doesn't make it better to me is the ending had a much impact i mean the ending of the last one had a much more impactful ending like it it tears on your heartstrings whereas this one it was more like it was more about coming forward and and standing strong you know and saving the day kind of thing and the last one was kind of sad a little bit mixed with that so i kind of liked it the way the the last one ended but everything else, I I feel like I like I like this story better, you know, and uh, and the movie adding adding Killian Murphy was just fantastic because he's always a great actor, so he oh. brought gravitas to the movie. So oh my god, I got it, I got it pretty much even for me.
0: Now you just made me remember one bad thing I didn't like about the movie. What? They did Jaimon Hansu dirty in that movie. God damn it! Fuck <laughs> those <laughs> bastards. Those that was dumb. funny to me, man. I that was bastards, man. That, God damn that it! That shit was
1: funny as hell. I hated man.
0: that shit. I was like, come on, man. You get a you got a big like big name actor See, in to this me role. That, I
1: loved it because the reason why I loved it is because like you want that feeling that anyone can die at any time you know what i mean one of the great, the smart thing spoiler for the last one that john Kerensky's character died at the end but like what i loved about that it was it made this feeling like anyone can die i think that makes the tension even higher so the idea of them saying look certain people you know you might think just because he's a big name actor like <laughs> oh he's gonna be in the sequel no don't you know what i mean so I think uh, I, that's why I liked it, you know. But the little time that he was on screen, it was good. He did good. And then
0: also, I'm not even entirely sure, but I don't remember if the character even had a name at all.
1: Yeah, because he wasn't that important like that. He was yeah. just like a, you know. I man, wanna, I man, wanna, man in the town. Basically yeah, I don't want to say a throwaway yeah. character because he had a, a good purpose of why he was there, why he was there, but he wasn't nothing important enough oh, yeah. to where we needed to know who, you know, yeah, who I he know. is and then so...
0: But yeah, it was just something interesting where it's like, oh, he's in the trailer and yeah, he's yeah, uh, he's yeah. like starring, you know? Yeah, he's they, like, marketed yeah they marketed him. Yeah, that, yeah. So, but anyways, we'll go ahead and move on from a quiet place and uh, we'll go ahead straight to another another suspenseful horror movie. Um, the Conjuring: The Devil Made Me Do It came out this weekend, uh, this past weekend, and uh, I was able to watch it at home uh, as part of a movie night for uh, for through HBO Max. And Troy went and watched it in theaters. Yeah. So. Troy, who who had the better experience?
1: Uh, me for sure. Ah, bitch. Yeah, theaters. Yeah, you know theaters Hell no. over theaters. Yeah, over, over watching anything at home. You know, I I think that's always the better experience. Man,
0: you saw you you were there when I, when I was doing the movie. Listen, now, you knew I. Listen, I brought my game. Listen,
1: but. I understand that. You know what I'm saying? But there's really nothing you can do compared to cinema. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing that can compare to cinema. You Bro, know we
0: literally got a noise complaint on my TV being too loud. How the hell are you gonna act like? Hey, listen, like? It, hey, listen. I'm not
1: saying y'all didn't do it big and it wasn't <laughs> great, but like cinema, man, it, nothing compares to cinema. You know? And right. I don't care how big your TV is. I don't care if you got an in-house theater. <laughs> it don't matter. It's not. It's nothing like seeing something in the on the big screen in a movie theater. Okay. Okay. All right, so we
0: both watched it. Um, I had a good time with it. We were, again, I I have to disclaim as, like, I always... I I seem to have, like, this thing where, like, I tend to like movies more when I watch it as part of a group thing, and I also... I've been noticing that I tend to overrate movies the, the, like the, the soonest I've watched it, like, you know, like the farther away I get away from having watched the movie, the more my score would drop because, you know, uh, but like when I'm too close to it, I'm just, I can't give a really fair, accurate, uh, rating, but my current personal, like emotional, like, uh through line with this movie is that i actually liked it i was really happy with it it was it kept me on like the edge of my seat um and everything made sense um as far as like the the through line the plots and it was really good where like you can see characters perspectives and things like that you almost very believe it and also shout out to the credits because the credits actually are scarier than the actual movie yeah the credits are
1: solid like it it almost make you want to stay like in some end credit scene or something where they're gonna reveal some real life shit i'm like oh shit yeah so
0: yeah so um i i guess uh, you know it's it's kind of interesting how like this movie if this like you know how they say based on a true story and like, it feels like they overindulge in a lot of these things and stuff like that because if somebody actually eyewitnessed a character like a, a person levitating yeah. you know you would they, you would automatically go on to say okay he's we believe in demons now you know that kind of yeah. stuff but
1: i mean i i really look at because i kind of looked up you know the the true events. The only thing I think that was taken from that is you know um, someone murdering someone and saying they was possessed by demons. Yeah. Like uh, everything else was was completely like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah you know but you know that's all it takes for someone to say based on a true story all you got to do is take a little piece of something and then that's enough to where you can say based on a true story but yeah. that's very loosely loosely based
0: you yeah know yeah I'm yeah saying? like so like he he would enter like an actual like how do you plead like not guilty you yeah know? yeah you know, like that I'm pretty sure that that was real right like, yeah like that was the, the, only thing the legal that was part. real. Yeah. but i'm saying like Everything else, and like, I almost kind of wish, like, well, not wish, but I say, like, it almost kind of makes sense, like, in this, in this, uh, this conjuring universe that they have set up where it's like, man, if this shit was real and you can, like, you got video evidence of people levitating and contorting and shit like that, like, you would. Yeah, yeah. You oh, and also fucking scratches on the wall that are tele- telekinetically being done. Yeah, I you mean, would I you mean, would was, like. Yeah. I mean,
1: this the mo- this movie basically has a super villain. You yeah. know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, you know that didn't exist. Like, you know, if you, she got powers and everything. Yeah. Like, it's like a a big. They go to take out the villain and everything. Like, it's almost like a superhero movie in that yeah. way. So, you know, you you pretty much know that a lot of it is is you know Hollywood. But yeah. I mean. I don't think that makes it bad or good, you know what I mean? Cuz movies do that all the time, you yeah. know what I'm saying? You'll be surprised if you look up all the movies that say based on a true story, you'll pretty much see a lot of it is mm-hmm. like this. So Yeah. But
0: like but that being said, uh the movie itself was very entertaining. It was very engaging, uh especially with uh with uh Vera Farmiga's powers, by the way, yeah, she's yeah. Uh, like they a gave medium, superpower, yeah. super <laughs> yeah. like the
1: medium, the, the medium, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's
0: a medium, and you could see her visions and stuff like that. They were very, uh, it was very awesome. It was very, uh, it was very, uh, um, interesting how the way they uh, they explained the uh, the power dynamics and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Where it's like, oh my god, the power, the connection works both ways, yeah, and then like yeah, they, yeah. the script and, is and being the thing flipped about on. About
1: that, is like you know, uh, like again, I looked up stuff like you know the real lady that she's playing said that said that she does that like so it ain't like they just completely you know i mean like now whether it's true or not like you know i mean that's if you believe that stuff but like she actually said like oh i seen this or in my you know so that you know they actually went off real life to you know come up with that so i mean that was kind of clever how they did it you know
0: yeah yeah so as far as uh as far as like the two movies it's even though they're both like horror movies and stuff like that i mean I'd have to give it up to The Quiet Place as far as it just being a master class in, in filmmaking. But yeah, also... I mean,
1: for me, I like The Conjuring, um, but it's not close. Yeah, to, it's not. It's, it, you know, it's actually kind of surprising how some people, you know, like, oh, let's see The Conjuring and haven't seen The Quiet Place yet. It almost blows my mind. It's like, <laughs> wait a minute, you don't realize that you're missing out on some very good horror for just a okay you know movie you know but i I did i like the devil made me do it as well it has some a a plot hole or two that i recognize in the movie but you know overall it did what i think you would come to see a a, conjuring movie for for, yeah. yeah
0: fair enough fair enough all right we'll go ahead and move on to the news
1: we interrupt this program to bring you a special report
0: so for the news, we have a couple of uh, items on the list here. We have four items. We're gonna go start off with uh, Simu Lu. He is uh, the um, he's basically cast as Shang Chi uh, for you know the upcoming Marvel movie coming out this September, and also he was one of the actors uh, part of uh, Kim's Convenience. It's a Canadian show. Um, he's a Canadian actor actually, and uh, so let me just go ahead and read this. Uh, this this article comes from something called the Star. And it says that Simu Lu calls out producers of Kim Convenience on a Facebook post. And it says Simu Lu, a Canadian actor who is set to become the first Asian star of Marvel's superhero film, uh, has some parting words for the producers of Kim's Convenience, on which he cast a member, on which he ha- he was a cast member during the series five se- five season run. In, th- in a lengthy Facebook post, uh, Liu said he um, he was feeling a host of emotions with the series finale. Uh, uh debuted during uh excuse me do debuting on netflix so they yeah can't speak right now mm-hmm. it debuted on netflix last wednesday the officially uh, the show is officially shut down in march after the departure of co-creators and showrunners eans troy and kevin white uh so i'm gonna go ahead and actually just read the actual facebook post itself here that they they actually linked to it in the article so he uh simu Liu, he actually has his own personal facebook and he wrote this giant ass Dang,
1: you gonna read all hell no oh. uh
0: i'm only gonna read like the first three paragraphs here because uh there's so much but of course you can go to the the show notes and actually go to the actual article which takes you to the facebook post uh but i just sort of want to like talk about some of these uh interesting like little tidbits that he dropped on here so he says here season five of Kim Kim's convenience comes out on Netflix today the day he posted it and I'm feeling a host of emotions right now. It is of course our last season thanks to a decision by the producers not to continue the show after the departure of the two showrunners. There's been a lot of talk and speculation about what happened and I want to do my very best to give accurate information so I'll itemize my thoughts below. Uh, Number one, the show can't be saved. It was not canceled in a traditional manner, uh, i.e. by a network after poor ratings. Our producers, who, uh, who also own the Kim's Convenience intellectual property, are the ones who chose not to continue. Neither CBC nor Netflix owns the rights to Kim's convenience. They merely license it. However, the producers of the show are indeed spinning off a new show from the Shannon character. It has been difficult for me, and I love and am am proud of Nicole, and I want the show to succeed for her, but I remain resentful of all of the circumstances that led to one of the non-Asian characters getting her own show. And not that they would ever ask, but I would adamantly refuse to reprise my role in any capacity. Number two, I wanted to be a part of a sixth season. Uh, I've heard a lot of speculation surrounding myself specifically about how getting a Marvel role role, meant I was... Uh, I was suddenly to Hollywood for Canadian TV. This could not be further from the truth. I love this show and everything it stood for. I saw firsthand how profoundly it impacted families and brought together uh, brought people together. It was truly so rare for a show today to have such an impact on people, and I wanted to be very I wanted very badly to make the schedules work. so yeah, I'll go ahead and stop it right there at the second point. Um, there is a he says something uh, like point number five about how they um, they didn't get paid as much as other like Netflix shows and stuff like that. They were getting they were like you know no name actors at the time when they first started the show and now that then when the show blew up in like popularity with ratings and stuff like that like they sh- they felt like he could have uh, they could have gotten bit more raises that other actors on Netflix like says he says Shits Creek uh that they uh they get uh lower ratings lower viewership but get paid more than them so it's like he was he was talking about how he was felt like he wasn't part of the collaborative process that they didn't take his ideas and all this other stuff but basically he went on a whole tirade about this and um, i wanted to give your get your thoughts on this uh how do you think uh simu lu is um you know how do you think he's behaving himself when it comes to you know doing these kinds of posts
1: I mean, look, you know, uh I understand it because to me it's just flat out racist. You know, what <laughs> oh, I'm shit. like and, <laughs> and here's why it just seemed like it's so racist, right? right because okay. like here's the thing. Like you cancel the show, you don't have any reason to, and you don't give a reason to. Yeah. Then you go make a spin off show of the only person that's not Canadian in the show, no, I Asian,
0: mean that's Asian. Asian. Yeah, yeah. I'm
1: i bad, Asian in the show.
0: They have a token white character in the it's show, like, and give them the character. No, it's spin-off.
1: different if they gave them a reason, and it was like whatever, whatever the case. It wasn't like Netflix said, "Hey, you know the show ain't doing good. You know, sorry, you know if you come up with another idea, you good." No, they didn't say none of that. It's just like, <laughs> no, we're done. we're done. We're done making you know shows with you Asians. Let me go get this white girl, <laughs> and you know, let me get this white girl, and let's start making it you know what i'm saying because now here's the thing that's ridiculous about it from my understanding i've look i never heard of the show but from my understanding the show was quite popular yeah so why would you cancel something that's popular for a risk and something that you don't know is gonna be that right that popular so to me all i can say i don't know from their point of view but all i can say that shit sounds racist to me like it just sounds there's no justification for it it's like We're done, we're done That's it, that's it You know, and now we're gonna start doing this To me that sounds like some racist shit So, you know, him, you know, letting it be known You know, especially if he's getting backlash for like Oh you know you doing Marvel now You're too and you're Hollywood, yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. It's like nah sometimes you gotta let the shit be known Like what's going on right now You know cause I'm sure the producers of that show Ain't gonna come out and say No no it's not that he's Hollywood It's just that we cancelled the show and moved on They not gonna say that They gonna let that narrative go out there So he gotta protect himself And you know and you know, Protect what's the truth And that's just some whole ass shit to me I mean to, to have no explanation to the show None of that Hey, I'm 100% on his side. I understand why he did it.
0: Yeah, I, I will say uh I I mean, I'm not going to go out and just say the word racist, you know, but like I will I I
1: racist shit. Yeah.
0: I'm not going to go out and say it, claim that, but I will say it does look really bad when you have an entire Asian cast of characters in a show and you have one token white character in the show and then you cancel the show not because of ratings and give no reason and then on top of that you green light a spinoff but without any of the asian characters
1: and the thing about (laughs) it like and what's so stupid just say just let's just say right let's just say it wasn't out of racism it wasn't out of it wasn't out of any uh, no problems nothing they just let's just say this was their idea you know they had this idea they don't think that this is a dumb idea in terms of how it's gonna look <laughs> like like even if I had, even if they really did have that idea and it was genuine, like look you know, we're done with this, we're finished with this we like it, for some reason we just happen to like this character and we want to do a spinoff, just say they're honest about it and that's really it, yeah. it's like you don't think about how that looks That like, you have common sense, even I'll be like oh wait, yeah. Dang even though I want to do this It it looks kind of bad It looks very racist Uh, You know let's uh, figure something else out Like that to me that's common sense So you know regardless There's no way to look at it Where I could you know justify that to me It just don't make any sense
0: yeah, yeah, I will say the uh, the optics are bad, and also it just seems very weird that a show that is gl- like if this is a Canadian show that's been exported globally to like different countries, uh, in, like U.S. Among you don't them. see that
1: a lot, too. Yeah,
0: exactly. So you have an internationally like well-regarded show with you know with also like we're no we've been talking. There's been a, like a lot of. Uh, Uh, stories on the news about how asians are like not very well represented in media Mm -hmm. and here you have a show about you know that very good thing Mm -hmm. and then you ax it because what the showrunners didn't want to work anymore like what the fuck that
1: that, that to me is ridiculous and i'm curious to see because this right here can hurt their next show this can hurt their spinoff show Mm -hmm. so i'm curious to see if if they don't have a response to me, that's like saying, "Oh, damn! It's the truth." You know what I'm saying? Especially if this post can hurt your spinoff show that you're trying to do. You know, it, you know, you definitely should have a response. And if you don't respond, to me, that's saying, "Yeah, all of it is true. Everything that he's saying is true." Because you can you can't let your show ratings potentially drop because of this post and not respond to it unless it's the truth.
0: Yeah, well, if there is any response, we will, of course, follow it up on this show, and uh, we'll keep an eye on this story. Uh, I'm sure – I am positive. I can almost guarantee – like uh, like I would bet $20 that there will be an update to the story around the time September, like uh, when Labor Day rolls around because Simu Lu is going to be on press junkets. He's going to be giving interviews, mm-hmm. talking about promoting Shang-Chi, and yeah. I bet you a reporter is going to ask him about Kim's convenience. Oh, like yeah. there's oh, no yeah. way that this isn't going to just oh, like yeah, die off. Sure. So yeah, we'll keep an eye on the story, and uh, it's um, I forget. Like I just want to say, like there's just been like a lot of I've been seeing a lot of like uh, like stories, like news stories on like on uh, on my my feeds on YouTube about like Asian uh, like there's a whole this is a whole like not entertainment related, but like there's a whole thing about Asian violence and stuff like that and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. So this is uh, this is this story is anything but dead. So but we'll go ahead and move on, and uh, yeah. This one's a bit of an interesting one because uh, one of the writers from the James Bond movies, he said that the Amazon deal is bad for the James Bond franchise. Uh, So this comes from Deadline, and it says here that John Logan, the Oscar-nominated screenwriter whose credits include working on the James Bond pictures Skyfall and Spectre, has said that Amazon's acquiring of of MGM with its back catalog that features the Bond films makes him him worried for the future of the franchise. Uh, Pending an opinion piece on the New York Times, Logan wrote that upon hearing the news of the deal, a chill went through me. Quote, having worked as a writer on Skyfall and Spectre, I know that Bond isn't just another franchise, not a Marvel or a DC. It is a family business that has been carefully nurtured and shepherded through the changing times by the Broccoli slash Wilson family, uh, continued Logan. He suggested that while Brocoli and Wilson owns 50% of the Bond empire and have assurances of ongoing artistic control, he foresaw that he foresaw this being disrupted in the future. Uh, what happens if a bruising corporation like Amazon begins to demand a voice in the process? What happens to the com- uh, uh, camaraderie ship? and quality control if there's an Amazonian <laughs> Amazonian overlord with analytics parsing every decision. What happens when a group, when a focus group reports that uh, they don't like Bond drinking martinis or, qu- or killing quite so many people and that English accent is a bit alienating, <laughs> so could we have more Americans in the story for marketability, he said? Uh, Logan also warned that if a corporation such as Amazon interfered artistically, it risks diluting the quality of the franchise. Everything gets watered down to, uh, down to the most um, anodyne and easily consumable version of itself. The movie becomes an inoffensive shadow of a thing, not the thing itself. There are, uh, there are more rough edges or flights of cinematic madness, he said. He added that Amazon is ultimately a global technology company and not necessarily a champion or guardian of artistic creativity or original entertainment. In the piece, he points uh, to examples of projects where he has worked on, including Sweeney Todd, the Aviator, and Gladiator and that he said would have uh, been tarnished by such interference at the time of con- uh, confirming the acquisition amazon said it was committed to re uh to theatrically releasing mgm titles going forward please let 007 drink his martinis in peace don't shake him don't stir him logan concludes damn that is <laughs> that is an interesting article right there Man. what you got from me troy
1: like this, i mean Dude, he's—I mean—he's an idiot, man. What? He sounds, he sounds like a straight-up idiot. Like, and there's no disrespect to him because I know he, he hes, seen, a, he's he, a writer, right? Yeah, now? he he's did a, some good writing, but he's like straight-up idiot. Look, first of all, here's the here's the first reason why okay, to okay. me he sounds like an idiot. Okay. Number one, that's based off of what? Like, did you look at the, what did Amazon? Like, does Amazon have a bad history of doing that? You didn't give any like explanations to why you're saying that like first of all Amazon is a great movie studio for what they do like they put out some fantastic stuff
0: like I the only the only I can think of is the handmaid's tale you yeah. know
1: but like yeah. and they have had a lot of stuff they put out a lot of great movies you know what I'm saying but it's like How are you just going to just say that without any type like backing it up but with examples like or like if he would have said in an article like when Amazon put out so and so and they changed so and so or if they it's just like you're just saying it like dude like what that's so that's number one that he sounds like an idiot okay number two he sounds like an idiot. James Bond has been a part of Hollywood for decades. Did you not see all the bad James Bond movies? It's been great James Bond movies and it's been bad James Bond movies. If you let him tell it, he act like every James Bond movie that ever came out is a masterpiece. <laughs> Have you seen Quantum of <laughs> Silence? It was atrocious. The last James Bond movie, Spectre, which he wrote, was atrocious. You know what I'm saying? So don't give me, don't come at like Amazon as if like oh Amazon is gonna just ruin James Bond based off of nothing by the way like it's based off of nothing like me I'm gonna give you example like personally I don't like Sony as a movie studio that does superhero movies right so just say Marvel or something goes to Sony I'm not just gonna bash Sony I'm gonna give them examples like oh they made Sony made Amazing Spider-Man very bad they ruined that franchise and had they had the reboot already I didn't like Venom they did, had a tone problem and it was messed up and I'm gonna explain why I don't want Marvel in, you know being ran by Sony I'm gonna justify it I'm not just gonna say Sony is blah 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 blah. <laughs> like, I'm not just gonna do that I'm gonna justify what I'm saying so to me this comes off as him being a hypocrite it comes off of him not uh, properly analyzing Amazon and seeing what they do because they've release fantastic movies and it just sounds like he's being a baby first of all and so i you know t- like there's some things that i like i could disagree with and i and i do i disagree with this but like this takes it a step further and i feel like he sounds like an idiot no disrespect to him though
0: yeah um so i did actually pull up a wikipedia of all of like the amazon studios uh uh movies and stuff like that and they got some good stuff i didn't even know that they were part of les miserables you know though yeah so is this the one with the anne hathaway or is it just a different one this does not look like the anne hathaway one but whatever anyways um i'm just seeing some stuff and i'm like okay you got of course without remorse that just came out like there's like a lot of amazon is like really increasing their output they got some good stuff coming up on the way but as far as uh, studio meddling um i think um it is it is um how do i put this it's not like, though, it's not the most craziest conclusions that you can hear because whenever a big a billion, maybe possibly trillion dollar company like Amazon, they're, they're like this monolith, and it's kind of big and scary to think about it. And so, Whenever you think about – when you hear these stories about what happens with like with Warner Brothers and their AT&T acquisition and what's going on with Disney and like the, the power struggles that's going on with like the new changes in leadership. So you always kind of wonder well, like where does that leave the creatives and where are they going to have creative control? Is there going to be like forced studio notes that makes people very unhappy with the final product? So I can understand where like well, this is a family I, affair as well because well, you have a – Well, see, based
1: off what you're saying, that makes him sound even more like an idiot because James Bond is coming from Hollywood. Like, what's to say it hasn't been hundreds of studio notes that ruined some James Bond movies. He's acting like it's coming from straight, like his own independent love (laughs) to being sold to the big corporation that could... No, like, uh, um, James Bond has been a part of Hollywood, and actually, streaming services give you know, a movie creators more freedom than the movie studios because they're, you know, the they're, they're Revenue isn't like based off box office returns So you know they base their stuff off different stuff So like if you like you know do research off of like Netflix original movies And a lot of like these they give the creator look do whatever the hell you want to You know because it's not like you know they're not afraid of like oh box office box office So we need these notes for box office blah 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 They kind of like let their you know creators create So if anything based off of his dumbass logic you know, it's actually a good thing that Bond is going to uh, Amazon because it's more likely for them it be, to be less studio uh, meddling because there is no Hollywood studio. You see what I'm saying? So to me, that's where it's hypocritical because he, it's coming from Hollywood. Jane Bond is coming from Hollywood. So it's, I'm sure it's already been studio meddling and it's been uh, all of the things that he's talking about. I'm sure that they've had to deal with in the past because it's coming from Hollywood. And on top of that, James Bond is a big blockbuster kind of, you know, uh, uh, character to where they would want a studio metal because it's like, okay, we need a big box office return. So he just sounds ridiculous to me. Just absolutely ridiculous.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, that's also just fair to say that the, the Brocoli family, they have been, uh, they've been uh, shepherding the franchise like this whole time. And they have, uh, they have final say on stuff like casting, so it was them they they approved. Uh, and if
1: I'm not mistaken, they still have final yeah, say, right? Yeah. So, like, what are you? Be- oh my god, yeah.
0: man! This well, is like, uh, yeah, obviously he's saying that there is going to be a power struggle, and he thinks that Amazon will win. Is what he's saying?
1: That yeah, he he sounds so ridiculous because I'm not even listen, and I'm not even saying Amazon ain't gonna present some kind of struggle or it's not gonna be a back and forth. But my point is. It's coming from Hollywood where that's definitely been a thing. You know hmm. what I mean? Most movies that you, if you go back and, you know... Do re- I, well, I
0: think the thing, if you think about it, MGM was... They were broke-ass motherfuckers. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I mean... So they, they didn't have the some, power to say, this is what you're going to do. They listened to what they said, right?
1: I mean, not necessarily. That's... Nah, that No, nah, that, nah, not necessarily. Because yeah. James Bond is such a big... Draw and such yeah. a big attraction that both ends can you know come to an agreement because they need they both need the money. You see yeah. what I'm saying? So it's not necessarily like oh bow to your will you know. But regardless, MGM bond go back decades. Yeah. So like regardless on how MGM is now, like what about two decades ago when MGM you know, had money? Well, yeah, when they had money. So yeah. it's like that's what I'm saying, man. Like I, I really can't justify his logic. Like it doesn't make sense now. If he was present them as concerns, like, I'm Hope, Amazon, blah, blah, blah. I hope, okay, that's cool. Because everybody have their concerns with anything that's new. But to come out and basically kind of. This is the worst thing for Bond ever. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? Like, that just, it's just so ridiculous, man. He comes off as an idiot. All
0: right. We'll go ahead and uh, keep an eye on this. If there's any other, uh, if there's any evidence of a power struggle when it comes to the Bond franchise, we'll cover that here as well. So in the meantime, let's go ahead and move on to another big, uh, interesting like acquisition that took place here. Uh, this comes from the wrap, and it's regarding AMC Theaters. Now during the pandemic, uh, it, there was a lot of reports happening that like uh, people were concerned that AMC is going to file bankruptcy, they're going to shut down, they're not going to come back. But it's really interesting how like just a few months time, things things the narrative switched from like, oh yeah, we're uh, we're, we're we might close down permanently. Now we're like in the we're in like the the business of like getting some acquisitions and growing, like mm-hmm. it's crazy. So mm-hmm. the article or uh, the, the the title of this article says AMC Theater raises two hundred and thirty million dollars for the acquisitions of uh, tar- uh of targets hmm, targets mini arc like venues. So I guess I'll just go ahead and just rephrase it here. It actually they they acquired uh, the historic Cinerama and the arc like theaters. So it says here, AMC Theater Owners and Entertainment announced Tuesday that it plans to raise $230.5 million for key acquisitions in the movie theater sector and confirmed talks to acquire venues operated by the now shuttered ARC-like cinemas and Pacific theaters. We did a story on this podcast about how they were running, they go into bankruptcy and they were going to close down. So mm. it's interesting that they're going to reopen. So the funding comes from the sale of 8.5 million shares to Mudrick Capital Management at $27 uh, per share. Uh, given our scale, experience and commitment to innovation and excellence amc is being presented with highly attractive theater acquisition opportunities amc entertainment ceo adam aaron said in a statement quote we are in discussion for example with multiple landlords of the superb theaters formerly operated by arc like cinemas and pacific theaters last december amc theaters raised 100 million dollars from mudrick and a debt offering for needed capital, capital while most of its theaters remain shuttered due to the pandemic. AMC's stock prices has surged in recent months, mostly because mostly because of the game stock, like the situation, but whatever. Uh, though, oh, though, it says right here, through... Uh, fueled by its uh, Reddit-fueled investors who have pushed the share price uh, from just over $2 a share um, at the end of 2020 to nearly $34 last week. Damn. Uh, since the California-based indie chain like announced in April that it would close permanently, there would be, there um, has been much speculation about the future of its 300 screens in California and a handful in other states, particularly in the historic Cinerama Dome on Sunset Boulevard. Aaron note that, noted how the recent recent market surge has enabled the new deal since the 8.5 million shares uh, represent a small portion of the current trading volume this transaction underscores the real value of having some authorized share capital available uh, for us to opportunistically capitalize on shareholder value creation possibilities as when they are and as and when they arise hmm. uh, with our increased liquidity and increased vaccinated population and the imminent release of blockbuster new movie titles it is time for AMC to go on the offense again nice i like that it is true people are getting vaccinated movie theaters are opening up the capacity thing is being lifted um, so now now that they they're basically in the offensive and they're gonna just say all right let's let's get a bigger stranglehold on the california market and get all these Close theaters to ourselves and stuff like that so yeah that's uh that's an interesting stuff uh troy troy are you happy for this news
1: yeah yeah i'm very happy but like it doesn't surprise me one bit you know like as someone that like was a believer in cinema you know my my views on you know uh theaters have been the same i was like you know theaters aren't going nowhere you know that it's it's something that people really enjoy and i think like you know i think that Theater's been kind of getting this, you know, it's been this kind of narrative narrative that you know theaters are shut down even before the pandemic it's like you know oh streaming services is taking over and i've been saying like no it's not because you have people that prefer to go to the movies not because they don't want to watch it at the comfort of their home but it's something to do with their girlfriend husband wife kids whatever like it's it's a it's It's an outing yeah yeah it's a specific it's not just as people look at going to the theaters as an inconvenience like oh i have to get up and go to the theater no it's Something you wanted. It's something as if you were going to go see a play, or you know what I'm saying, or go seeing, uh, or going to a park, amusement park, or something. It's it's something to do. It's something that people enjoy to do. So, you know, now that after the pandemic hit, and then you know theaters was coming back, and I ain't see them coming back. I really don't want to hear nothing about oh, MC or uh, theaters might be dead. Listen, if these, if the theaters can survive through a pandemic. You know where the theaters was out for years, like for a long time. Where other businesses was coming back, theaters had it bad. It was like for months, and they're working their way back and getting back going. You know what I'm saying? I don't think nothing's gonna. Cinema's not going nowhere. You know? Okay.
0: All right. So I I think from this uh, this particular story it just seems like if uh, if AMC didn't have a dominant like. Um, uh, foothold in mm. the california region mm. than they do now like yeah for a big yeah, time for sure so uh besides uh the cinerama dome like I, we have something kind of similar i would say we have an omni theater and it's kind of like those are some dope ass uh, theaters and stuff yeah. like that so it's an experience um a lot of movies get like you know a uh an omni theater type uh mastering where it's like mm. they uh, they they uh they project it in like this giant spherical dome thing and it looks really cool um but yeah let's go ahead and move on to the final big topic or the big news story here and this is uh this comes from variety it's an exclusive article from variety actually regarding the Cannes film festival uh that's um they have like the safety details about how they're going to handle the COVID 19 like measures and stuff like that and i wanted to see and just get your take on like what they're what they're doing what do you think they're lacking or not so um we're going to go ahead and just Skip right on to the article here. It says here, the Global Film Festival event to be staged in 2021 is the 73rd um, annual Cannes Film Festival, uh, which will take place under strict security and health guidelines. Variety spoke exclusively with the Cannes General uh, Secretary Francois... Desero, I'm going to go with Desireau because I'm not going to try that, uh, who has been hammering out protocols with the festival's organizers, producers, and Cannes regional authorities while conducting discussions with the government aimed at softening some measures for the international travelers. The major changes in place for this year's festival include the required use of masks during all screenings, which will be filled at 100% seating capacity. Nice. Okay, that's uh, We're usually at fifty percent, but okay. Um, and it also counts for the red carpet. Uh, meanwhile, guests will keep a one-meter distance between another in queues. While the fan zone, which was in front of the uh, uh, palace. Where stars and filmmakers generally stop uh, to sign autographs before crossing the street to hit the red carpet will be scrapped altogether. Desero still hopes, however, that this could be a this could change by early July if the health situation allows it. A smaller fan zone adjacent to the pal- police will be maintained, and stars may be able to remove their mask for pictures as well as inside the Lumiere Theater as they they filmed before and after world premieres. Even if the health situation is improving, it won't be as simple as in previous years. Our goal is to have an airtight sanitary protocol that will not cause too much discomfort for the attendees. The challenge there is to find a middle ground between safety and comfort, said Desiréaux. Avoiding long queues and gathering before, um, before and in between screenings will be crucial, and the online booking system should help on that front. We'll be able to. We'll tell people to respect the times indicated of their pre-booked tickets, and if they don't, a distance of one meter will be uh, respected, and that we'll have stickers on the floor. Same as the film market, where the aisles will be uh, widened and plexiglass will be placed at all points of direct contact between people," said the executive. So. Uh, Troy, do you think that this is uh, this is pretty good? Uh, what are your thoughts on a hundred percent seating in a theater?
1: Listen, I think I think uh, I have no problems with nothing. That's you know that they got going on because. A, I like the idea that they're still going with safety protocol because there's still a lot of old people that go to these. And, like, Mm. I think a lot of times that's what we forget, that they're they're the ones that's really in danger here. So it's always cool that they still have safety protocol in. But it's also justified that they send 100% capacity because, I mean, hell, you got, you know— uh, sports games where people packing out there. You got people back in concerts. You got like you know the the world is really coming back to normal in so many ways. Grocery stores are fully packed. You know, and so it's like they should be able to do you know put on a, a well organized event. Still have safety protocol, but you know let it be as normal as possible within the uh confines of those rules so i think they're going about i have no problem with what they doing
0: i guess they. i guess they're not going to be serving any popcorn or any drinks and stuff like that because the only way you're going to mandate that masks be kept on during the screenings yeah. is if you don't you're not eating or drinking anything you know, yeah, at all yeah, like so yeah. i guess which i guess it makes sense if this makes is like sense, a yeah. If this is like a premiere, yeah, like a, a film more, festival. These premiere. are
1: more for like the, you know, people to, you know, um, studios to see if they want to pick up oh, review, yeah. Movie, yeah, yeah. movie reviewers. So people should look at this in a certain way. Like as industry. Worked. Yeah. yeah like, like not like, oh, yeah, I'm happy. To, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it's kind of work. So yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Shopping around films and stuff like yeah. that. You're right. You're right. It's a film festival and stuff like that. Also, um, I'm not, I'm not surprised by the fact that they're scrapping like the fan meetup section. Well, they're doing, they're scrapping the fan meetup section. Across the street, where you can stop and sign and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think they're they're moving it farther away and they're making it smaller. So I guess that is perfectly fine and stuff like that. Mm. Um, I, I just hope that you know things are 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 well done as far as like you know how they managed to do the Oscars and stuff like that. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm actually kind of happy that they're going to be on the red carpet with their masks on. By the way, because it actually kind of is the very opposite uh, message that they sent the Oscars sent. So yeah, uh, I'm happy with that. We'll go ahead and move on to the extra news. And we have the. This is. I broke the rule. I like to keep things at maximum 12 items on the list, but we have a baker's dozen. Yeah. 13 items are on the list. uh Number one, the Cruella sequel is greenlit. Number two, Paramount Plus will be adding over 1,000 movie titles this week. Number three, Donnie Yen, aka Ip Man, joins the cast of John Wick 4. Number four,. Mission Impossible 7 shuts down production again due to a positive COVID-19 case.
1: Damn.
0: Number five. Jupiter's Legacy is officially canceled by Netflix and will not resolve the season one cliffhanger, but Netflix is uh, exploring a spinoff show. (laughs) What the... Like, what the fuck? Like... Well, you're give telling up, me man. that this show is bad. We're not going to do season two, but we're going to do the this spin-off. spin-off like, give, give up, man. that don't make no sense. <laughs> number six, Thor Love and Thunder officially wrapped production. Number seven, Indiana Jones 5 has officially begun production. Uh, number eight, Jonathan Majors has been cast in Creed 3 and will, will enter the ring against Michael B. Jordan. Number nine, this is a rumor wedding crashers 2 is officially or is probably happening at hbo max and could possibly film in august number 10 jennifer lopez signed a multi-year deal with netflix number 11 a quiet place i'm sorry a third quiet place movie has a march 31st 2023 release date number 12 john boyega exits netflix's film rebel ridge mid-shoot citing family reasons and number 13 this is the box office report the conjuring the devil made me do it opened at number one to 24 million dollars a quiet place part two held okay at 19.5 million dollars on its second weekend which is good for the number two spot cruel is at number three and spirit untamed debuted at number four with 6.2 million dollars Troy, we have 13 items. What you want to talk about?
1: Well, um, real quick, just, you know, Jennifer Lopez signed that multiple deal with Netflix. Like, I really don't be getting, like, with some of these (laughs) streaming services. Like, what kind of, like, uh, why? Jennifer Lopez? Like, I don't know. That just blows my mind. I just feel like Netflix sometimes just be throwing money away. Like, (laughs) it money to whoever wants it. You know what I mean? Like, let, you know, give it to her. So,
0: she's, okay. it says here, the variety says, Jennifer Lopez, actor, singer, and CEO of New York new Yorkian productions that's her her production company so she's they're going to be green like like uh, scripted unscripted stuff and it says here that uh like they gave netflix gave a quote it says throughout every aspect of her career jennifer lopez has been a force in entertainment and partnering with her and new york new yorkian we know she will be she will continue to bring impactful stories joy and inspiration to audiences all around the world
1: yeah see Is that, that cap that, that's cap look. <laughs> I mean, like, no disrespect to Jennifer Lopez. She's a very talented woman, and she's been in movies that I think is all right and I like, but to her, it's like she's just this genius that's just going to be bringing all this great content. I don't know what the <laughs> hell they think. Like, I don't know. Netflix must got unlimited money, and we don't know about it or something because the shit they be doing make no sense. But whatever. Indiana Jones 5. That's what I'm really here to talk about. I'm excited for that movie, man, because, you know, uh, they bringing on my, uh, the director... Um, uh, man gold, you oh, know, James Mangold, yeah. yeah, James Mangold, uh,
0: yeah, he, he's he's
1: a he's a master, I'll just say that he's a master, he hasn't made one bad movie. Uh, you know what I mean like one bad movie I don't I feel like James Mango Don't get talked about enough as one of the Great directors of our time you know What I'm saying like he he truly Does everything he does is Fantastic and I love Ford v Ferrari His last movie he did but 310 the humor uh like All of his you know movies he's done Is just fantastic so I they got the right guy to, to you know take up the helm from you know George Steven Luke Spielberg right. you know what I mean and yeah so you know and I like how they brought back Harrison Ford and you know so it, it you know this is gonna be fun I, I can't wait to see Indiana Jones all right fine cool. here you go um, anything else and uh, you know so Donnie Yen joins uh, John Wick John Wick is probably the dopest news out there like that's probably the dopest news because like oh we're gonna see a fight between and oh John- my Keanu god Reeves? man Damn. i don't even want to think about it because that's how excited i am like i want to see it at this moment right now <laughs> you know what i mean so like i've been excited to see a fight since jackie chan versus jet lee yeah shit. man like talk about perfect casting and i hope he's just straight up villain like yeah. i hope he you know like you know, they're just going to have a big throwdown, you know what I mean? So, to me, that's just the best news for John Wick. I'm not going to even lie.
0: All right, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, like, we just reacted already. But, it might. man, Jupiter's Legacy was not that bad a show. I mean, like, you know what the worst part about this is that Jupiter's Legacy debuted at number one and held on the chart for a while. It actually wasn't a bad, like people were giving it like critically saying, oh, it's actually kind of boring. It's a little bad, but like you can bounce back from a bad season. You know what I mean? Ratings wise, you were doing good. And I was just like thinking to myself, you already spent all this money. You got all these like Josh Duhamel and you got all these contracts in place. Why not just go through with it? like I don't. I don't understand. And the fact that they're just, they're going to do a spinoff, which I'm not even interested. It's like the spinoff is about the supervillains of the world. <laughs> like, it has nothing to do with any of the characters, and you're not going to resolve the plot line. I think that's
1: just from them not having faith in it, but something about it, like, I think the idea of the show, they want to keep going, but they just don't have faith in
0: it. Oh my God. Well, Paramount, man, is Paramount Plus, well, I'm going to tell you this right now. Uh, I have almost damn near every streaming service. I do not have Paramount Plus, I do not have Peacock. Uh, but this 1000 movies coming to Paramount plus makes me want to think I should sign up for Paramount plus. Like, l- let me, let me just uh, pull up this article real quick and I'm going to tell you like some of the things that they got in the lineup. So for, as far as kids movies, I see Sonic the Hedgehog. That's, that's a good, uh, good one. I think the Adams family, I want to say if it's like the, like the animated one or something like that, but they got some interesting, good stuff. They got critically acc- acclaimed titles like Rocket Man. I see the Wolf of Wall Street, Revolutionary Road, um, Eh, i do not know. I'm not, see, I'm not the birdcage I feel like I've heard of that but as far as like stuff I can oh check this out by the way look at this Skyfall is going to be a part of Paramount Plus mm. and so is the Avengers Avengers is like I thought it was going to be exclusively on Disney Plus but yeah. one thing I did for, completely forgot is that Paramount produced every marvel movie before avengers and before so iron man iron man 2 it was under the paramount uh distribution where like marvel marvel was an independent company and disney bought them out but yeah but before they bought them out they made these movies independently and got them distributed through paramount yeah okay and so now they're gonna be on paramount plus that's crazy that's crazy uh but yeah as far as like stuff like i would like to see mission impossible ghost protocol like most of the mission impossible movies especially in the jj abrams era they've been top tier so as far as uh content goes, that's dope. Um, I'm pretty happy with it. Um is this does this um, give you any kind of like inkling to like want to think about buying uh, into Paramount Plus? Absolutely
1: not. Damn. Because, <laughs> because I mean like listen, man, like the, the the streaming stuff gotta stop. It's getting ridiculous. <laughs> it's getting ridiculous. If we if if we allow ourselves to buy every streaming service, we're gonna have literally a hundred streaming services we gotta pay for. So, you know, like I I wish these studios would maybe do more like how Sony doing, you know, and like Lease their movies out to other, you know, streaming services. But like, I'm not trying to have Paramount Plus, Hulu, Netflix, Disney Plus, HBO Max, uh, Peacock, uh, whatever the fuck, Apple. Uh, there's just too much stuff. So, yes, they got a thousand movies, but so does Netflix. So does Hulu. (laughs) So does, you know what I mean? So, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get it. Even though they had some very impressive movies, I'm not gonna lie. They had some very impressive movies. But to be honest, what would make me gravitate to something more is their original content. If Paramount mm. start making some new shows, new movies, and it's fantastic to get Oscar nominations or being big blockbusters and stuff, then I consider like, okay, that's something worth, you know, maybe, you know, subscribing to, you know. But just the idea of movies in itself, nah, that's not going to make me subscribe. Well, I mean, like, Paramount
0: Plus, they have this mechanism already in place where... Um a Quiet Place Part Two and the new Mission Impossible and Top Gun—they're all gonna come out to Paramount Plus 45 days after they re- theatrical release and right, stuff like right, that. So wow. they're gonna have new c- exclusive content, but they're not gonna be like releasing day one. Yeah. Uh, their 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 model is about the theatrical movies, money making money at the box office first, yeah. and then like basically like the movies, uh, the movie theater releases is a way of hyping. The streaming yeah, releases yeah, right,
1: right I mean and it's smart But see like For someone like me I'll just go to the movies And see it there You know yeah. what I mean Like there's no point Like cause especially someone like me That's already a, a movie fan anyway It's like If they have one of their movies always oh, coming in theaters Instead of getting Paramount Plus I'm gonna just go see it Immediately when it comes out You know what I mean So it it worked both ways. It, it, I'm not saying it's a, it's actually a smart idea because they're giving you kind of the best of both worlds in a way, like they're giving you the theatrical experience for the you know, and you
0: get something kind of new, yeah. and
1: you get something kind of new going yeah. to their streaming service. So it's smart for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. So um, as far as like their their exclusive stuff, I'm pretty sure it's going to be uh stuff like the Star Trek series, like because mm-hmm. they became they rebranded CBS All Access. So I'm pretty sure the Star Trek show that everyone was talking about is there. Uh, but yeah uh and one last thing here just uh just to give a quick uh a little thing is that apparently the john boyega story was gotten me tripping and stuff like that because the john boyega story uh like the movies started filming at the beginning of may like may 3rd in louisiana and now damn near a little over a month later he's like he exited he quit or basically the film and they didn't say what kind of family reasons he's going but apparently that's that's what's happening. And I just wanted to give you a quick, uh, like little rundown of who's also in it. The movie is also starring Don Johnson, James Badgedale, J- James Cromwell, Anna Sophia Robb, Emery Cohen. Um, and yeah, I say those are the only names I recognize as far as the cast goes. So it's interesting that, um, you know, he's got all of these, uh, all this talent and he's like leaving that production and they got to recast him as well. And then on top of that, they uh John Boyega is also he's also starting in another Netflix film coming up uh called They Clone Tyrone which is opposite Jamie Foxx so, and Teona Paris as well. Yeah. So uh, at least uh, maybe, at least he's got one Netflix film in the works coming up but I just think it's really interesting that
1: to me uh, I it's weird cuz I didn't know like contracts work like that. Like I didn't know you could just quit a film. Like if you know if you're signed on to do the film, you know, how you just quit in the middle of production, like cuz if that you was you screwed the, everyone over yeah yeah I mean, because yeah. if that was the case imagine like studios you know just saying all right do the film or whatever and everybody could just quit anytime they want to like literally there's no guarantee for no actors and no movies if you could just quit like that like you you know what i'm saying like i always assumed you know you have to sign on to it Like alright if you're gonna say yes Sign on alright you have to do it You know I mean that's how they bring people back For movies and sequels That's how they like you sign on So it just it's, um, I don't know if they just let him quit Or I don't know if he quit before a certain time Then you could do it I don't know but To have a whole big production started You got it's so many things that go into Having a production started So many jobs, so much scheduling and everything to just be able to say...
0: Actors be busy, you know? yeah, Yeah, like,
1: all right, I quit... You know, like oh damn. Well, we gotta halt the entire production, recast. Like I don't know that it just it's weird. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's definitely weird. But who knows? Like, but they might have let him go if it's a family thing that we, you know, again, it, you know, if it's something very tragic or terrible. Like on that Zack Snyder shit. Zach and, Snyder. And, yeah. yeah, maybe it's a situation where they couldn't say no. You know what I mean? It's like if they would have said no, they would have been like assholes, and it could have got to the media and yeah. it really hurt the film. So maybe it's something like that. But you know, I,
0: do you think he has to pay back the? money that he like got paid for doing this oh movie? yeah
1: absolutely they're not gonna just give him the money like oh yeah here's the <laughs> money yo, I quit <laughs> like what the fuck like no he definitely gotta get the money back so half of it I, mean, it I mean that's probably you know the, the agreement they're like look you could quit but you know why is that money back
0: you <laughs> <laughs> uh, box office man for the conjuring 24 million does he, do you feel like that's allowed or not or not what so,
1: the, the conjuring
0: making 24 million
1: I think it's solid It. Uh, uh, I think it's a solid amount um I think... The legs is what's gonna matter You mm. know what I mean I don't think if someone if, if a movie makes 24 million opening Weekend it's end all be all it's a bomb I don't think it's definitely not great But I think it just depends on the legs If it like if it pulls a quiet place And makes 19 million In the second weekend then it's Showing that it has legs like a quiet place Is showing that it has legs to be able To make that kind of money in the second Weekend but also we gotta remember We're not fully out of pandemic yet You know what I'm saying we're, we're getting there you know like I think a lot of people Feeling comfortable but you're still Having theaters cut off certain seats So you can't sell as much You know uh, tickets cause they got Seats divided like in between you You know it's still people that's not fully comfortable Going to the theaters yet so it's not fully like where we could give it full credit so i don't think it's bad i don't think it's good we'll see the legs and then we'll determine whether or not it's doing good or not so
0: i went ahead and pull up this chart from box office mojo and it says here that the conjuring one opened at 41 million the conjuring two opened at 40 million annabelle opened at 37 annabelle creation opened at 35 and the nun opened at 53 million dollars Yes, meaning that this is the lowest opening weekend of yeah but see that
1: to me that's not bad because it's not like you know uh it's less than half it's opening to less than half without with during like uh, this pandemic kind of thing so to me that's not bad you know if it opened to 10 15 20 million uh somewhere around there and the movies are accustomed to making 60 70 million (laughs) then it's like okay this is bad but to me it's still made less than half you know what is used i mean it's about half about what it's used to making so that's yeah. not too terrible
0: also looking at this chart by the way it says here that godzilla versus kong made four hundred sixty three thousand last weekend and it's just like 900 800 and some thousand away from 100 million dollars man it's gonna Damn. get there possibly maybe by this time next week we'll be talking about 100 million dollar the first 100 million dollar um grossing 2021
1: movie the pandemic. oh yeah, yeah
0: yeah that's Damn. true all right, so that's it for the extra news here. There's a lot. There was a lot of news to talk about. We'll go ahead and move on uh, to check this out. So for check this out, not gonna lie, I actually am very underwhelmed by the trailers that came out this week. Um, I'm not going to say that these trailers aren't good, or as far as like these movies aren't good, is what I was going to say. There's actually a lot of good talent. Like, we got a Hugh Jackman movie, we got a Don Cheadle movie, and stuff like that. It's just that, like, these aren't necessarily like the most hype inducing things that I'm like, oh my God, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see this. Uh, the first thing I was just going to mention is that um, we're going to get into new releases at the, towards the end of the show, but In the Heights is a musical movie uh, from Lynn Manuel Miranda. And uh, the movie's coming out later this weekend on in theaters. And they went ahead and did the thing where they uh, with uh, what they did with uh, Mortal Kombat, the movie where they put the first seven minutes out so they went ahead and just dropped the first eight minutes of the movie in on youtube just straight up like boom here you can watch it so if you're interested in a musical if you think you might want to watch the movie you can watch the first eight minutes and decide for yourself if you want to check out the whole movie so uh the link is going to be in the show notes as well as far as as well as the other trailers i got mentioned here so the first one up i have is no sudden move it is a uh oh dang there we go i almost played the music all right so no sudden moves is gonna be i'm just gonna read this uh quick synopsis here this is in 1954 detroit small-time criminals are hired to steal a document when their heist goes horribly wrong their search for the who hired them and for what purpose sends them uh wending through all echelons of race torn rapidly changing city it stars don Shido benicio del toro david harmer john Hamm, and ray liotta so this looks like an interesting little uh, heisty kind of movie and stuff like that with a lot of good talent and stuff like that. So, uh, anything that you wanted to say about uh, about this uh, this uh, particular nah, movie?
1: No, nah, I haven't. Um, I haven't seen this one. I haven't seen this one, so. And
0: That looks like that's that's Kiefer Sutherland, I think, is in this movie from. Um, so we have that one. Uh, there's this crazy ass movie called America the Motion Picture, which is going to be on Netflix uh, later this month, and it's starring Channing Tatum of all things. So it's like this really weird like revisionist animated cartoon history where I think uh, Channing Tatum plays George Washington and stuff like that. So it's so like over the top and like ridiculous and stuff like that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I can see something like this being a hit though, like because I I think it looking like they're going for that like humor, you know, kind of silliness. And <laughs>
0: they're flying around and they're talking about like, cars and yeah, shit. Yeah, like
1: stoners would love this. I think this is made straight for the stoners. You know what I'm saying? So I can see this being a hit. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
0: it's uh, it's got it's kind of like it's giving me like a little bit of like inglorious bastards kind of vibe, kind as well. Um, as far as like Merca and stuff like that. Uh, Demonic is a movie that's directed by uh, the guy that did District 9. What's his name? Neil Blomkamp. There you go. It uh, stars Carly Pope, and uh, it says here a young woman unleashes terrifying demons with super uh, supernatural forces at the root of a decade-old rift between mother and daughter. So, eh, I'm not going to say. It doesn't really, like, tickle my fancy, but... I like Neil Blomkamp. I I liked when he did I uh, was it Chappie? Oh uh, yeah. yeah. So he he can do stuff, but yeah. like this doesn't seem like
1: And I didn't like Chappie though. What? Yeah, oh he like, bitch. Yeah I didn't I didn't at all like I mean no, I ain't gonna say at all, but I wasn't a big fan of Chappie. Yeah. I'm gonna lie. So uh, we got to see, he's wishy washy for me. So he's hit or
0: miss for you, Neil yeah, blanca He's hit or miss. Okay, all right. Next up, we got Reminiscence, which is starring Hugh Jackman as well as, let's see here, Fanny Newton. And it says here a private investigator uncovers a violent conspiracy while helping his clients recover lost memories. Uh, again, this is, like, one of those, like, little thriller movies. And nah, no-
1: this one, I ain't gonna lie. This one, I'm I'm very excited for. Really? Yeah, I've seen this trailer in the theaters. And, uh, you know, first of all, Hugh Jackman is... Is a truly great actor. He he does a very good job of picking movies. So you know, usually if you Jackman's in it, it makes me somewhat intrigued. But then looking at this trailer, the trailer is absolutely fantastic. You know, so this is one that I'm actually looking out for. It's very well shot, very well lit. And then it looks like Hugh Jackman has given one of his great Hugh Jackman performances. So I'm telling everybody right now, look out for this movie.
0: Okay, all right. Uh, it's going to be coming out in theaters uh, late uh, later at this end of the summer on August 20th, which means that because this produces by this is uh, distributed by Warner Brothers, it's going to come out to HBO Max day one. So there we go. Uh, next up is going to be the Boss Baby Family Business. God damn it! This trailer is
1: total garbage i can't believe they doing a sequel to this man who cared about the boss baby like that <laughs> like wasn't no one up jumping up and down by the boss baby like i don't get me wrong i don't think people hated it or nothing but like to do a sequel it just felt like they're reaching and then for this trailer to be so atrocious i don't know man
0: <laughs> it's gonna come out in theaters july 2nd as well as uh they did this thing where it's gonna be debuting on a streaming service we covered the story like. Literally like last week or something like that. I can't remember, but yeah, we're going to, we'll we, uh, it oh, was at Peacock. Yeah, that's what it was. It's going to come out on Peacock day one, I think. As Ooh, well I think
1: Peacock, I think they got a hit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we talked about it. You're like, man, what yeah, the fuck? Yeah. 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 So there's that. And, uh, Lansky is going to be another movie starring, let's see, uh, Minka Kelly, Anna, Anna, Sophia, Rob, uh, and Sam Worthington. So it's like this uh, mob boss thing where like he's a reporter telling his life story about his like this gangster that did crimes and shit like that. So Sam Worthington's actually finally acting hey, in something. I like
1: how I got my boy Harvey Keitel in it. It's like they went and got a classic gangster, <laughs> gangster actor in
0: it. Yeah. Oh, you you rec- I didn't know who Harvey Karte- Keitel is right here. Yeah, that's I him. Would. It says the FBI uses a journalist to entrap retired underworld kingpin, uh, Meyer, Lansky, in Florida. That's the synopsis. It looks interesting based on a true story. Uh, fine. Finally, these last two are not trailers. They're just more of like little visual first looks. So you can go and check out these little articles I got linked in the description. And it's basically showing how um, how uh, um, uh, Shazam Fury of the Gods, how the costume, the new costume for oh, how it looks. Uh, uh, damn, for Zachary Levi and stuff like that so first there's like a a video oh there we go let me mute that there's a there's a twitter video here and it's got it's like it's kind of funny because it's got like these like ominous like like shots and stuff like that um and it's very like you know but then like zachary levi standing's like uh i think we should turn on the lights
1: yeah
0: (laughs) it's like kind of funny and then the other one is like somewhere in this uh, in this one there's like a oh here we go there's a Twitter uh, pictures and stuff where you can actually see how how Zachary Levi looks like you know in the I costume. I think his
1: I think his suit uh, is a upgrade from the last suit. The last suit looked rubbery or something. Yeah. Or like looked like I don't know like someone just went and made it or something stuffed it you know. What yeah, I mean? but this one looks a little more badass. Yeah,
0: he looks like more natural as far as like you could you could tell he's bulked up and bulked stuff. Bulked up, yeah. Without like padding it, patting, yeah. 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 So yeah, there we go. Uh, there's a lot of like pictures and stuff like that right here, and there's like a lot of uh, facial expressions. And I even saw one of them how he says, <laughs> "Me squeezing out a deuce." <laughs> a caption. <laughs> so check it out. And uh, finally, the last uh, the last thing I check this out is gonna be uh, a, a Twitter picture of uh teasing how michael keaton's Black, uh, batman costume is going to look like in the flash movie and it's very ominous because there's like blood spider yeah. on there
1: like you know this when i seen this this one was very surprising because it's like are they insinuating that it's going to be rated r like you know with blood on his and then are they insinuating that like batman die? is gonna either die or kill like i don't you know because at flashpoint you know paradox the rather the cartoon or the comics like batman killed so i don't know if there's going to be an alternate batman but also if you go back and look at the picture the picture looks like uh the the suit looks like the suit from uh the dark knight i mean uh batman returns the second the sequel like the suit kind of the the suit gives you that sequel look like with the hard armor yeah uh, you know the the plated armor look to it so it's kind of a clue there that maybe it's going to be take place around the dark i mean the batman returns time instead of the original batman first movie you know so yeah it looks cool i'm excited
0: okay yeah um i have not to say here it's just like an image it's very iconic and stuff like that and one of the things that we we don't get enough of is that yellow background in these bat these bat suits and stuff like that yeah because they're also dark and now black mm. on black kind of thing yeah, so yeah there we go it's good to see that kind of that icono- iconography come back all right so let's go ahead and move on to the next segment we're gonna go ahead and just netflix and chill So for Netflix and chill, we're going to just run down the charts here, and I'm bringing back the Amazon Prime charts, because there's actually something worth mentioning on the Amazon charts. Uh, well, let's go ahead and first start off with the Netflix uh, the Netflix chart. Number one, I called it. I said Sweet Tooth would go straight to number one, and there you go. Lewis is right. Uh, number two, Lucifer. Number three, Two Hearts. Number four, Dirty John. Number five, get this, Cocoa Melon just went from like the number 10 number nine every week and now it's at the top five on netflix like what the fuck
1: yeah, coco mela gonna finish the year in the top 10
0: <laughs> number six is home number seven is dog gone trouble number eight is a foreign action movie called extreme it looked interesting i watched a trailer for it uh number nine is army of the dead and number 10 is monsters vs. aliens that old movie from reese witherspoon and seth rogan my animated movie uh, so there you go that's in the top 10 things on netflix uh we're going to move on to the top 10 things on itunes number one is the courier number two is a quiet place number three is the marksman number four is edge of the world number five is that mia Yovovich movie that trash ass monster hunter movie that no one whatever and number five is monster hunter number six is tom and jerry what the fuck hey, like why yeah.
1: Our best movie on here.
0: <laughs> number seven is chaos walking now that's the best <laughs> movie on there right you got me fucked up oh, love. <laughs> number eight is minari number nine. Oh, check this out this is an old throwback here the mist you know where they're all stuck in that grocery store yeah yeah that yeah. movie ending is is a trip right there man yeah, hey, yeah. uh number 10 is the the movie we talked about last week on the new releases uh, milo gibson mel gibson's son and more Lawrence oh, yeah, Fishburne. Yeah, oh, that,
1: that made the top ten.
0: That made the top ten on iTunes yeah. under the stadium lights. Okay. All right, there you go. That's the top ten. Anything you want to say about the iTunes charts? Uh, no,
1: not at all.
0: All right. Yep. Okay. Uh, by the way, the Courier. The reason why the Courier is number one, even though it's an older movie, is that it 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 changed it to a rental price. So now you can't just buy for like twenty dollars. Now you can rent it for like seven bucks. Yeah. So that's the reason why it made it to it number one. To number one over a yeah. quiet. I know, right? <laughs> Uh, the top ten things on Amazon, the top ten movies on Amazon, is gonna be number one. The Wrath of Man, the Jason Statham movie mm. that's in theaters, mm. is number one. And oh, get man. this, uh, I think it was like where Universal or something like that, where like after like fourteen days or whatever, like whatever their their deal was, whatever studio, mm-hmm. they're like, okay, we can now uh, put it out on like premium video on demand, where you can pay twenty dollars to. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. That's crazy there that's how that's what happened and also spiral from the book of saw also benefits from that as well oh yeah yeah, you can actually like pay like the the premium price um so now check this out one thing i didn't mention before uh that we didn't do this on last week's chart is last week's chart a quiet place was in the top 10 three times like the Mm -hmm. first quiet place now it's only on here twice is that a
1: first that a movie debuted on three of the charts
0: no 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 it's on one chart one top 10 chart three times how so how does that even work so we covered this before when it happened twice but now this i didn't i missed it last week because it wasn't the case this week because it's whatever but they they differentiate the SKUs. so like you can rent a quiet place standard definition you can rent a quiet place high definition Uh, you can rent a quiet place 4k 4K, and so it was literally in the top 10 Three different times
1: last week. So my thing is this standard definition. Who the
0: fuck buys a movie? Why is that even
1: still a a thing? (laughs) Like, that shouldn't even be uh, able to... Oh, yeah, you could get the standard definition at 7 dollars bucks yeah. yeah, like, what the hell? I thought it was only HD now at the very <laughs> least. And then, like, 4K, uh, like HD, that. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, the pricings
0: crazy. are different. So, like, the each, well, time you go up, the, yeah, the price goes up. Yeah. So, I'm saying is, like, I saw the pricing. It was, like, $3 for the standard definition copy of it. That's crazy, man. And I'm I, like,
1: I would not stream a 480p version of no, a movie. No, like, I, I just don't even see why that even still exists. To be... Uh, anything under uh anything sub hd shouldn't exist no more like <laughs> unless it's something from the past you know like or vhs or DVD. yeah but like some stuff shouldn't still be coming out like i could go to the store and buy a sub hd something like that just don't even make sense to me
0: so check this out uh number four number three is a quiet place which is a 4k version Number four is Game Night, and it's a standard definition version. People bought the standard definition version of a Game Night. <laughs> shit,
1: that shit probably cheap as hell. They're not like, I'm gonna go for the cheapest one. Shit. Number
0: five is Godzilla vs. Kong. Number six is a quiet place, standard definition. Mm. Like the HD version is out of the top ten. Like That's what the fuck? Ah, uh, damn, those bastards. Like what the? See,
1: I think it's probably the price. People are like, look, if I'm gonna buy something, you know, I'm gonna just get it the cheapest one possible. You know, and you'd be surprised how many people don't even know the difference between that stuff. Like oh, HD and seven. What is that? Or whatever. Just give me the cheap one. You know, so you know, <laughs> someone like me, a noticed the shit out of it. But I mean,
0: there's a possibility that if you're like living out in the country where like Wi-Fi isn't that good or internet speeds aren't that good, standard yeah. definition might make sense for like. The bandwidth. Mm. Uh, yeah, but that yeah, makes
1: sense.
0: Uh, yeah. So this is all of Amazon as well. So number seven is Chaos Walking. Number eight is Nobody. Number nine is The Courier, and number ten is John Wick Chapter Three: Parabellum. Probably because of the the news about <laughs> John Wick Chapter Four. Uh, but yeah, as far as my recommendations go, I'm gonna go ahead and just say that check out The Departed. It's on Netflix right now. Yeah. It has Leonardo DiCaprio. It's got Matt Damon. It's got Jack Nicholson. It's got Mark Wahlberg. It's crazy that
1: like me and yours is some similar stuff. I'll talk about mine in a second. But yeah, hell yeah, that's that's one hell of a a movie right there to pick, <laughs> man. Like probably one of the best cast ever assembled. Like it's like the Avengers of of actors. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's one hell of a movie.
0: Shout out to Leonardo DiCaprio. I feel like his his performance was like under
1: uh, under Because
0: yeah, didn't like Jack Nicholson get like the Oscar nom like, nah, that year? No,
1: but the only one that got an Oscar nomination of all people was. Um uh, shit. Well, was it Mark? Mark? Mark Wahlberg. Was it Mark Wahlberg? He, he was the only one that got an Oscar nomination. It's like, but? how does Leo not get it? <laughs> Jack Nicholson not get it? <laughs> Matt Damon not get it? But Mark Wahlberg, is the, in terms of as so acting, supporting Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, oh, like, like that, to me, that shit was so dumb. Even Via Farmiga didn't even get an Oscar nomination. So, yeah, that that was a, a weird little thing. But damn, it, man. It I, won a shit ton of Oscars, though, yeah. but didn't get no love to the actors. Like, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Uh,
0: so yeah, it's a it's a movie. It's a one of those crime thriller movies where it's about like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character is goes on undercover, like deep undercover. Mm-hmm. He's trying to expose a mob boss who plays by Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. It's cr- it's got a lot of crazy plot twists on plot twists on plot twists. And just when you think the movie's over, it's not. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So it's one of those like quintessential like great movies uh if you are a film fan you owe it to yourself to make sure that you have watched this movie i watched this movie back in uh and back in 06 in theaters yeah. i kind of owe it to myself to watch it again because i haven't i don't remember a lot of that movie because yeah. i've only watched it once back in 06 hey,
1: mr martin Scorsese, says he had his best mm. yeah
0: oh yeah i would say peak martin yeah. peak scores yeah say. for sure uh so yeah that's my recommendation uh troy what is yours my recommendation is shutter island and- um <laughs>
1: You know, yeah, my recommendation is Shutter Island, another Leonardo DiCaprio movie. And uh, it's kind of like a different thing because it's a genre movie. It's like a suspense thriller kind of movie about a guy investigating um, a woman that escaped out of a mental institution. And uh, it's like, again, twists and turns, uh bit of horror in there. Very fun movie seen it in theaters three times damn i and, saw uh, it one time dude.
0: Okay. yeah
1: and i think that was in the amc days yeah. too when everybody was still working there so anytime i see that movie i'm watching it if i see it on dvd somewhere i'm buying it i love that movie
0: so as far as uh, shutter island goes um Dan uh, filled in for you on one of the episodes where you had to miss out and Dan actually gave us sharing the love segment to this movie Shutter yeah, Island oh yeah, uh, yeah see he chose me, that
1: one yeah me and Dan got, <laughs> and we get along we see the eye to eye for real yeah so uh, yeah Shutter Island man y'all check that out Netflix
0: Netflix okay I didn't even know it was on Netflix yeah it's on okay. Netflix okay alright so there you go that's our recommendations for the week and that's uh, the charts there so we'll go ahead and move on to the mountain of new releases that we gotta talk about Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Yeah, so for the new releases, we have uh, seven releases. God damn! What the hell's going on? Seven releases. And get this the pick of the week isn't going to be that obvious. Mm. So, or maybe it is. Actually, I think I know. it. Okay, we've had some that are pretty contentious, but I actually kind of think I know what it is. But I want to make some debates here. All right, so the first thing, we have In the Heights, as we talked about earlier. There's a musical. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, he's like, you know, everyone loves him from Hamilton. And he's like, he's got, he's the hotness right now. So uh, we have, uh, In the Heights was a Broadway musical. And so they're adapting that musical into a movie. And hopefully, maybe, you know. I didn't put it in my top 10 charts of like for the summer box office, but some people are, are predicting that it could land in the top 10.
1: Yeah, that uh, be out of, that be crazy.
0: yeah, so it says here for the synopsis that in Washington Heights, New York, a the scent of warm coffee hangs in the air just outside the 181st Street subway stop where a kaleidoscope of dreams rallies a vibrant, tight-knit community. At the intersection of it all is a likable and magnetic bodega owner who hopes, imagines, and sings about a better life life the film stars anthony ramos Corey hawkins leslie grace melissa barrera olga meredice daphne Rubin vega gregory diaz the fourth and the only actor i actually know on this list jimmy smiths yeah jimmy smiths man he's like he's like he's like in everything damn near Mm. uh so yeah that's uh I, I don't know, man. Like, what do you think? What are your thoughts? I used to I used to love watching musicals
1: mm-hmm. you know
0: back in the day. But I mean, I like
1: the, it looks good. Like it looks um it gives me the like the um dang, I can't even think of West, side, that.
0: Story West side story kinda
1: West side story kind of vibes. I like the way it's shot. I like the like top angle oh, yeah. looking oh. down. I know? saw like
0: the trailer with the swimming the music, like there's a swimming sequence yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah,
1: so I mean, who knows? It looks it looks decent, but we gotta see. You know, anytime movies come out around this time, unless it's like Like, a big genre piece, I kind of feel like they push it to the side because it's not going to be that good. You Mm -hmm. know, because this don't... Like, you either going to want something in the summer or the Oscar season. Why would you have something around this time? So, I don't know. But maybe, who knows? It might be great.
0: Yeah, I... uh, Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm like... I've seen seen some reviews for it, and a lot of reviews are really positive and, like, positive buzz about it. Oh,
1: okay. But
0: I guess, I don't know, like, I haven't watched a musical in a long time, and I'm not... I'm not La, La sure. Land
1: was like, I think the last yeah. one I seen, it was fantastic.
0: Yeah. Next up is Peter Rabbit 2, The Runaway. This movie has been long delayed because mm-hmm. of pre-pandemic and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, comes out in theaters June 11th as well. Uh, it says here, despite his effort, Peter can't seem to shake his reputation for mischief among other rabbits. Once he adventures out of the garden, Peter finds himself in a world where mischief is appreciated, but soon his family comes to bring him home. The film stars the voice of James Corden, as the title character, alongside Rose Byrne, Dom Hall, Domhnall, huh, hmm, Domhnall Gleeson, and David Oyelowo. I finally got his name right. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. In uh, live action roles and the voices of Elizabeth uh, Debicki and Margot Robbie. That's so, one
1: hell of a cast. That, that is. That cast is crazy. And, right, they be pissing me off because these type of movies have better cast than like... <laughs> Uh, art house film movie like what the hell (laughs) I'm I'm, you know Peter Rabbit the first Peter Rabbit we made
0: money at the box office you know what I mean so like they were expecting this movie to be a big hit
1: I mean I'm surprised they didn't do it earlier
0: well they were supposed to but the pandemic happened you know um yeah next up is the movie that you have no faith in because you don't watch a nick cannon movie but you know oh yeah no nah, this movie was,
1: i'm not i have zero faith in from a box office and from the critical effect. critical look yeah. <laughs>
0: the misfits opens in theaters on june 11th it says here a band of modern day robin hoods recruits a renowned thief to help steal millions in gold bars stashed underneath one of the world's most secure prisons the film stars Pierce Brosnan Raimi uh, Jaber Hermani Corfield Jamie Chung I know who she is uh, Michael D'Angelo and I know who Tim Roth is and Nick Cannon <laughs> uh, Max next up is The House Next Door Meet the Blacks 2 you know this one don't you yeah, yeah. <laughs> why did why didn't they just call it Meet the Blacks 2 is what I want to know
1: they put The House Next Door then put Meet the Blacks 2 so it showed that they're already back <laughs>
0: Yeah, because I would just say Meet the Blacks 2 is, is the name of the movie. Yeah, yeah right. Right. Uh, But yeah, they put that as the subtitle. After surviving the events of the first film and becoming an author, Carl Black moves his family back to his childhood home in Chicago, where he hopes to continue working on his new book. There, the Blacks encounter their mysterious new next-door neighbor, a pimp whom Carl suspects is a vampire trying to take his family
1: that synopsis sounds so weird, man. But it like it seems like it's gonna be funny, though. I ain't gonna even lie. But yeah, that synopsis
0: his, sounds. His, his neighbor is a pay might be a vampire. A Vampire. Yeah. <laughs> that's so weird. Yeah. The film stars Mike Epps, Cat Williams, Danny Trejo, Snoop Dogg, and Rick
1: Ross. And I ain't gonna lie, like this trailer is atrocious. <laughs> like I seen this trailer, and I was like in disbelief of how bad it was. Like it was. So so bad and then you see rick ross pop up in there at the end i was like oh no oh they didn't do that man yeah this this one seems like it's gonna be atrocious but who knows movies like this sometimes are funny because they just don't give a fuck is this I supposed
0: mean, to be like a stoner comedy or something like yeah that? Like, well cause... this
1: is like random comedy it's just shit everywhere like it has no kind of sub. i can't even understand the substance of it because it's like uh, like it's just so random everything is random yeah man I don't know. Does
0: you think it's, is there any chance that this movie debuts in the top five in the box office? No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no chance. No chance at all. So, like, number eight or something yeah, like that. no number chance nine. at all.
0: <laughs> all right. Queen Bees. It comes out in theaters this Friday, June 11th. While her house undergoes repairs, fiercely independent senior Helen temporarily moves into a nearby retirement community where she encounters lusty widows, cutthroat bridge tournaments, and a hotbed of bullying mean girls. The film stars Ellen Burstyn, James Cann, and Margaret. Christopher Lloyd, hey, there you go, Jane Curtin, Loretta Devine, I know who she is, Uh, Elizabeth Mitchell, and Matthew Barnes. So it's an old people cast, by the way, Uh, taking place in an old folks home, so, you know, it looks like a comedy, it's kind of like that that mean girl spirit and stuff like that, Yeah. Yeah. whatever. And big release, Loki is out tomorrow, the day this episode drops on Wednesday, Mm -hmm. June 9th, on Disney Plus, after stealing the Tesseract during the events of Avengers: Endgame, an alternate version of Loki is brought to the mysterious Time Variance Authority, a bureaucratic organization that exists outside of time and space and monitors the timeline. They give uh, Loki a choice: uh, face being erased from the existence due to being a time variant, or help the uh, or help fix the timeline and stop a greater threat. Loki ends up trapped in his own crime thriller, traveling through time and alternating and altering human history the series stars tom hiddleston owen wilson gugu mabatha raw and Wunmi mosaku so there you go that's uh that's definitely one of those most anticipated releases i would say yeah
1: hell yes i know it's mine i mean like for me it was always um wandavision and then right after that was loki as my most anticipated other uh marvel te- uh s- series because to me that seemed like the most unique like loki and when i looked, watched the trailer for loki I don't feel like that's something they've ever done before. Marvel is like they're trying something bold and unique. And that's when I gravitate to stuff. And so, like, that's why I had it, like, you know, up above, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier, because I felt like it's just a Captain America movie or sequel. Yeah. But this it seemed like it's completely its own thing. And, uh, and I feel like I'm not going to be able to predict nothing in this. And that's what excites me. So, yeah, I'm watching that day one.
0: Yeah, we're going to have our impressions for you guys definitely oh, next yeah. week. And we'll we doing the thing where we do with with uh, WandaVision. And, now, are they going
1: to have two episodes released or are they going to release one at a time? Do you know?
0: I have no idea, but I think it's just one. Cause okay. I, but I do know that there's a lot of critics that actually had early early impre- or got to watch the first episode early and they gave yeah. positive glowing reviews on it already so oh, okay. uh, it's definitely like making me uh, like you know just get more antsy with anticipation uh, the last new release is uh, going to be on Netflix this Friday on June 11th it's called wish dragon we, we featured we- wish dragon on check this out previously before where um you know it's it's like an animated netflix movie it looks pretty interesting it says here determined teen uh din is longing to reconnect with his childhood best friend when he meets a wish-granting dragon that shows him the magic of possibilities now this is an all-star asian-ass motherfucking cast like right now <laughs> yeah. and the film stars uh jimmy wong john cho constance Wu, natasha lu bordizo jimmy hey. O yang Aaron Yu, Will Yun Lee, and Ronnie uh, uh, Chiang, uh, Jackie Chan produced the film and he voiced John Cho's role in the Mandarin version of the movie. Got it. Uh, but yeah, but I, I just wanted to give a shout out to Aaron Yu because Aaron Yu he was big in the late two thousands. Like 07, he did Disturbia. 08, he did this movie called Twenty One. And I haven't seen him in anything since. And I'm glad he's still acting. So mm-hmm. you know. But as far as like I, a majority of these car- uh, these actors, I know who they are. I've seen them in other stuff. So it's interesting that they managed to get an all you know an all star Asian ass cast yeah, in this movie. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. As far as uh, pick of the week goes, you got seven things to choose from. What are you, what are you like thinking? It's
1: easy house next door <laughs> now I'm just bullshitting of course Loki key, yeah. yeah day one easy not even close
0: yeah I was gonna say like when I was yeah, saying about like the, the pics from stuff I was thinking like Loki I was like oh yeah I forgot Loki's one of the seven and I was like it's kind of like an uh, 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 an obvious one but I almost wanted to give it like a like. there's like a debate that in the heights could just as easily be like you know anticipated because nah. uh, just because of you know I, I, uh, lin with Miranda he's like his name is like really big right now so um but yeah definitely worth checking out i might even watch wiz dragon because i actually watched the trailer and that trailer looked kind of funny so i'm a little uh i'll probably have impressions for you guys next week on more than just one thing so in the meantime let's go ahead and wrap up the segment with the last segment that finally returns after a long hiatus Yeah, sharing, sharing the love.
1: Sharing the
0: love. We have not done sharing the love, and every week I actually had the same movie on the on the dock every, every week, fucking sharing, week without yeah. re- without fail. And finally, I get to talk about it. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting. I get to go in there, and we're almost that time, anyways. But I have to go in there and like remove a segment just to make room for this one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I-, I wanted to talk about it, so that means Troy. Now, and I finish telling my story, that means the next time we ever do sharing the love, whether it be next week. Or, or another week after. I don't know. I'll try to do it two weeks in a row. I don't know. But the next time we do sharing the love, it's going to be on you to come up with the story. All right? So as far as my story, I wanted to talk about this movie because this movie means a lot to me in and, and, and two different things. Number one, I watched this movie with just me and my brother. Like he took me to the movies uh, to watch this movie, and I remember having such a good time with this movie. It was so funny, uh, so hilarious and stuff like that. There's like a little bit of slapstick comedy, especially towards the beginning of the movie where Antonio Banderas' character, is <clears throat> he's learning to become like Zorro. Yeah. And like there's this, uh, this funny-ass moment where he was trying to tame the horse – and he's trying to he's trying to do the thing where earlier in the movie where Anthony Hopkins' character when he was younger he was able to like just uh, fall off a roof and <laughs> land on a horse yeah. and then like, like right away and then uh, Antonio Banderas' character was trying to do the exact same thing and he, he he finally whistles to him and he gets his attention and then right as he's about to start jumping off the thing the horse takes like five steps forward as he's falling and he falls and <laughs> hits the ground. That's I was so like funny. that movie is so good. Catherine Zeta-Jones is awesome. There's, like, this crazy good fight sequence. Very, like, very playful sequence where uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones and Antonio Banderas did the the little sword fight. And he (laughs) strips her. (laughs) Yeah. I remember being horny as (laughs) hell as a kid saying that. Like, goddamn. He's like, I don't have time to give you the proper instructions, senorita. And he's like, I've had the proper instructions since I was four. And then, like, Antonio Banderas' character just barely learned how to sword fight. And he he beat Catherine (laughs) Zeta-Jones. Uh but it's such a good, like, uh just a great movie, by the way. Like I think I think it's yeah, I think it's really rewatchable. And I think the sequel isn't as good, but like just that first movie was good. Mm-hmm. Um the reason why I want um the movie means so much to me is not only because I had like, you know, like uh, I, you know, it was just me and my brother just watching a movie together, but also um it was actually the very first movie or one of the very first movies we bought on DVD. Damn. Like ever. And I mean ever, <sighs> ever. Uh, and then the somewhere in that bookshelf, the mask of Zorro is right there.
1: Damn, that's crazy.
0: And on top of that, um, we I actually like one of those uh, digitized videos that I was doing, like where like I found those old home oh, videos. yeah, yeah, yeah. We it was like Christmas of like 1998, where when we uh we brought my my father a DVD player, which we still have upstairs.
1: Dang. We still have the DVD. at the time, that was a crazy dope gift. Like, yeah. yeah.
0: It was, the DVD players were expensive as fuck. Dang.
1: Man, that's crazy. And
0: we got him that for Christmas. You know, Mike, uh, you know we still have that dvd player and it's awesome it still works
1: Damn, that's crazy. and um that's nostalgic right there
0: and uh we one of the movies that we you know we got a movies to go along with it and one of the first movies and we see him opening it in the, in the video when he's unwrapping it was the mask of
1: zorro oh that's crazy <laughs> dang no wonder you got this on Love.
0: Yeah, yeah so it's i've watched the movie many a times i like the 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 menus as like i i I, the music soundtrack because of the menu is yeah. like ingrained into my i can hear it <laughs> yeah i can hear it like straight yeah. up uh so yeah man so many good moments that's how i was able to recall all these scenes and stuff like that by the way mm-hmm. i can recall more scenes but i'm not going to yeah it's just a good movie um i've only seen the 2005 sequel one time by the way and that was in
1: theaters i it didn't live up to it <laughs>
0: i haven't i want to i kind of want to revisit both of them as well but like you know maybe another time but uh yeah i just wanted to give you a sharing the love because it's like it's it's so nostalgic and means so much to me those like little touchstones yeah that's um, a good pick for sure yeah so yeah good childhood stuff and uh i want to say this movie came out in what 98 i want to say i don't i can't remember the year off the top of my head i'm not gonna look for it but in the meantime uh that was the sharing the love i'm happy i finally got to tell that story and we'll go ahead and end the show and uh, now the end is near so I face the final curtain. <laughs> it is time to end. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Ready Play Movies. Remember, you can reach the podcast by email at readyplaymovies at gmail.com or simply at readyplaymovies on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at chakalaka88 and Troy.
1: Bracy Troy 58.
0: Don't forget to subscribe, give us a review, tell your friends about the show and all that good stuff. See you next time.
1: Thank you.